it appears that we've crossed the one billion dollar mark for uh, for Pyrogenesis Markup. How do you feel, man? How does that feel to be a billion dollar company live on the air? It's good. It's good, uh, George. I, you know, who, yeah, of course, it's it's great. I I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I always knew we'd get there, and I I think I know where we're going to go as well. But to actually be there and in that moment, you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. I mean, it it it. it it's exciting for my team who, I mean, we lived through some very tough times, people not believing or not understanding what we're doing and to somehow be understood. And, and my, it's, it's a vindication for everything my team's done and all the hard work they put in uh, and sometimes questioning whether, you know, is this the right way to do it? Is this the right thing? We, you know, it doesn't seem to get market acceptance, <clears throat> but to be, um, to be understood finally. And then when you're understood to be accepted and embraced for my whole team, it's, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's a really Congratulations, man. And it's a thrill to kind of, and not, not that we timed this because we planned this Q and a last week, right? You called up last week and said, Hey, George, I think we want to do a Q and a let's yeah. get, let's get something set up. So my people and your people put the dates together and today happened to be the day. And there we are. That's amazing. Congratulations <laughs> to you and the team. And I know what you guys have gone through, but this is the plight of all startup companies, right, Peter? That are uh, that do that that want to do groundbreaking things. Uh, nobody believes at the beginning, right? You get a lot of doubters. Nobody believes along the way. People think that you're going to flop, and sometimes you think you're going to flop too. Let's face it. I think that's all startups somewhere along the way. But we, we, we never thought we were going to flop. We just didn't know. We just didn't. We just. We just didn't know it'd be so hard not to flop <laughs> well uh, yeah uh i listen there have been times when i thought we we're gonna flop uh not so flop. you're you're in rarefied air there but by the way congratulations to all the shareholders who are on right now there's 75 now and to everyone that's going to be watching later because i'm sure you've got jobs and things to do congratulations to everybody especially the long-term shareholders that have been with with peter from the beginning even before us and uh, George, I know I'm, I'm the face of Pyrogenesis on here. We can't get everybody on, but um, every, it's the whole team that made this happen. Working long hours, hard hours, and having and having to put up with me sometimes as the boss is not easy. Uh, and also our investors who who invested. I mean, the, the the platform is there to convey money from one place to another to help businesses grow. And those are the people who actually. Uh, who took the bed and helped us get to where we are. And they also are part of the team that's successful. And uh, it's not just, just the face and uh, it's a whole group. Yeah, if we can get a better face, that would be great. That would be my one suggestion. You're stuck, you're stuck with this one. You're stuck with this <laughs> one. <laughs> There's only room for one Greek on these Zooms. So yeah. uh, so one, one of us needs to go. And I got a feeling that's not going to be you, that's for sure. But all right, man. So uh, we've got 80 people on now and it's 10.07. So... Let's get the show on the road. We'll get to the questions. And by the way, from everybody, uh, Peter, I'm not sure if you've seen the questions yet, if you had a chance to peruse them. You know what's so special about these? Because no. we've done a number of Q&As with different clients, right? What's yeah. so special about these, man, is the heart and soul that comes out of investors. Well, how much not- they love Pyrogenesis, how much they believe in you, how Pyrogenesis helped change their some of their lives. Uh, and that's what the first question is is all about. So we're going to get to those, but to so, everyone. So, so first of all, George, can I just, just before you get to the questions. Of course. Um, I had uh, Rodane and Clemence, I think, review them just 
I just don't have, not that I'm, I, I just don't have the time to read each question just to make sure there's nothing rude there. And if I needed some help on the technical, that they'd gra grab some technical information, uh, but apparently there wasn't anything too technical. So uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, for all the, uh, the, the long, long-standing uh, investors and posters uh, who may be hearing the same thing over and over again and get kind of frustrated, I cannot say in this forum anything that's not public. What I can do is give it a little bit more color, a little bit more perspective, maybe explain things in, in, in light of the press releases, but I really can't talk about anything uh, new and I apologize for that. It's just- No, don't apologize, Peter. Yeah. There's very few people, people love these Q and A's. They love the fact that you are, you and Bernard are two of the most, you know, out open, accessible, you outreach, you love your shareholders. Trust me, no one's complaining at all. It's nice for you to think that, but. You know, I don't think anyone here, we'd love to hear you break news here, but we know that's never going to happen yeah. without us, you know, then going to jail at the end of the day, right? But yeah, that's, that's what's something tough about these live ones. You just, you can't delete and retrace and what have you. But anyways, let's go, let's go and see what happens. All right. So let me get to the first <laughs> question here. All right. Uh, and this is what I mean about the emotion side. So first, the first question comes from Bob Cousy, 86. Uh, dear Peter, long story short, I graduated from grad school at the head of the pandemic, dumped every penny left from my student loans into PYR at the time with a prayer, of course. Fast forward one grueling year and the 600 jobs I applied to are now trying to hire me and life is on the up and up. But the only thing that kept a roof over our head was your leadership and performance at Pyrogenesis. So he's got one request. He wants to wake up in the morning and instead of putting on his Dallas Cowboys hoodie, which, you know, Bob, <laughs> I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not sure why you want to make the switch. But anyways, he says, I'd like to don a Pyrogenesis one. When I go golfing, I'd like to have a Pyrogenesis hat uh, and maybe even uh, make it my good luck hat. All this to say, I understand your hard work driving show of the value, but it is indeed time for Pyro swag. I want to represent the company that took care of me during the pandemic when nothing else could, when the master's degree couldn't do it, when my previous employer couldn't do it, free the swag. So we kind of talked about this once and we all know you've had bigger priorities, but is that something that might be on the menu uh, sometime in 2021? Oh, it's not, there's nothing might about it. Um, uh, yes, uh, so, so the gentleman's name was Bob, Bob Cousy, you said, right? Yeah, so we're definitely gonna release the swag. Uh, Clemence and Rodina are working on it now. Uh, one of our nice. board, one of our board members has some experience in doing that. Uh, it is important to me for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's an opportunity to, to get the name out there and to, and to create some character. But the other is to take the profit, uh, the profit from that, and donate it to a charity. Um, right. And I think it, uh, I like I like uh, I think children is is one of my. Uh, it's one of the things I, 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 I just started, I created a charity and it's, it's geared towards um, um, helping children. We will not donate to my charity. Definitely not. That's, that's, too, that's too, uh, too, too, uh, too, too close. What we'll do is we'll maybe give it to a, a hospital or Shriners. Uh, I'm really, uh, I really like what the Shriners do. They, uh, in the States, they, um, they help burn victims in Montreal. They're, they've got a hospital here that uh, helps people with back problems. And what's interesting there, there's no receivables department. There's absolutely no, they don't bill anybody. So it's all on charity. And they, 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 they take a kid from, from, from the That's one great. to 18, I think it is, and bring their parents in and 
and and put them through whatever procedures that need to be done. And so that's nice. I mean, it helps people who are underprivileged and need access to health might be the right way. Anyways, so this is this is going to take place. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. I suggest maybe we'll start with a barbecue apron. <laughs> but only because the summer's coming, George. Only because the summer's coming for no other reason. With the but plasma torch burner right on it, burning yeah, right the, on you know, it. cooking that's the it. meat. That's it. That's right. And so, yeah, we're going to do that, uh, uh, Bob. And we're on it. We're going to free the swag, as you said. I think I think he said that. Yeah, and, free the uh, swag. That was his and, last, that's his last comment there. And with respect to your story, I mean, it truly motivates me. It, feels, it makes me feel really, really good that people uh, are, you know, here's a CEO saying people are selling their shares. And I'm excited. Um, but they're helping, it's helping them reach their life, lifelong goals. I mean, that's what Pyrogenesis has. We have certain goals that people are helping us get to. Uh, we want to change the world to some degree. And by investing in us, some people have actually done that. I've got, there's lots of stories that we've heard, I've heard uh, that are similar. They took a position in Pyro at a particular time in their life. They sold and it's, 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 it's changed them and, and it's got, it got them to another level which is, um, I guess the other thing to say to these people, I'm, I'm very happy for you. you. You help motivate us, the whole team, even the board. I, I sent some of these to, to our board recently. Uh, try to pay it forward if you can, a little bit. Uh, you know, that would be, that'd be, all, that'd be real, really cool. And I think the swag is one of the best ways to do it. Like all yeah, kidding so aside, whatever you guys come out with, hats, aprons, hoodies, you know, I think that's the least we can do is buy them and buy them for some of our friends, you know, yeah. as in the stock market as gifts, right? As gifts first for charity and then as Pyrogenesis Swag second. But there we go. I We're think that's the best it. way to pay it for. Well, fun doing it. Uh, so we spent already five minutes on that, but that's not really important to the company. I think it's important to, uh, it speaks a bit to, we could do some good along the way, right? Yeah. So if we can and create some fun doing it, and spread the word about pyrogenesis, everybody wins. Yeah, this isn't a balance sheet or income statement, but it is a it is a soul of the company thing. I think that's important because it's important to shareholders. Yeah. Well, they feel that they feel that connection to you. They feel the connection. So I think it's really some, important. Here's something that's important. Um, and just in case some detractors start saying that we're doing silly things with our money, it, the, the pyrogenesis is not a stage. We're not going to pay for the cost of that swag. The money that comes in, the cost will be reversed, and the profits will go to uh, to uh, to charity. And, that, and that's where we are right now. All right, let's move on to the next question. This one's a little more down to business. D H O D. Thanks for the question. He's got a couple here. He or she, so they, I'll say. Uh, I've got a couple. First one is. Write them down. <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to write down so I don't have to keep on asking you to repeat it. Go ahead. Well, I'll give you one at a time. So that okay, way, yeah, yeah. it's going to be. So first one's pretty straightforward. Regarding the NASDAQ uplist, will options be, be available on the U.S. side when the shares uh, start trading on the NASDAQ? That's actually a good question. I think I might know the answer to that if you don't, which is because we had another client, and I'm watching them right now at yeah. all-time highs, that we helped tape to NASDAQ. I think you have to wait a certain amount of time uh, before options are available. There's also market cap, but you guys are well beyond that. That won't be a problem. But I think there is a minimum amount of time. It may be, it may be 90 days. Sorry if I don't have the exact answer. I didn't know if you had it, Peter. But I think there has to be a certain amount of time goes by before options are available in a company. Look, when I used to uh, get, get involved more in the stock market, 
I used to look at options being a, a way of you know increasing my uh, my return every quarter by writing a call or a pull, yep. depending what it is. That's 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 a nice way of just adding some value to, to if you do it right to your to your holdings. Um, I'll look into it. To be honest, uh, that's a very good question. It has not been put on the table. I'm a little bit embarrassed because usually I look I look ahead ten steps and I haven't I didn't look ahead that far. Um, I I also look at how options are being used these days by um, how they could be a benefit to investors to the company, and, and but how manipulators might be able to use them as well. So I'll look at I'll look at it. I, I will look at it. It's a very good question. All right. As I said. And we all can the, post that to Agoracom uh, in the next yeah. couple of days when you get yeah, the okay. answer. Okay, I'll, I'll look at it. It's something we will consider. Thank you very much uh, for that question. Second question, can you comment on if there's been any thought given to spinning off the HPQ Nano Partnership as its own public listing, similar to the idea of the potential pyrogenesis additive spinoff idea? Look, I mean, we don't own it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's in somebody else's business, whether they do that or not, right? Uh, that's Bernard's. Um, I, 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 I would. HPQ Nano is 50-50 though, uh, right? No, we have an option to be 50-50. Right, okay. Convert our, our, our royalty. We work very closely with Bernard. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think he'd do something uh, out of the blue without talking to us. It's not his character. No. Uh, I would suggest that if a CEO is doing his job, any and all alternatives to increase shareholder value are considered. Um, I, I don't think I haven't heard of anything right now, but it's, it's, it's an interesting. Now, the difference between <laughs> losing my voice, I think the question said something similar to what Pyrogenesis has been saying in the past. There's a bit of a difference, I think, uh, in, in the two companies. I mean, HPQ is easier to understand than Pyrogenesis, given all the other things that are going on. So part of the, 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 the strategy in, in Pyrogenesis is making a move like that would be to simplify the offering so so people could uh, get more, so investors could get more, more value by splitting out the parts. I'm not so sure if that ha would have the same impact on HPQ. I'm not so sure, but there'll be other reasons for doing, for doing it as well. So uh, there's but nothing- But there is thought, because the question was, are there any thoughts? You're always thinking about how yeah, to and, create shareholder value. And, and, it might and, be and, premature, but the thoughts are there. And, re and I guess what shareholders should consider also is that as a CEO, my background's in mergers and acquisitions, which is also, you know, sp spinning off companies, acquiring companies to increase value, not just perceived paper value, but real value by doing it. So it's always something that's in the back of my mind. And so would probably also enter into the back of my partners and, and, and mine, minds as well in conversations. All right. Uh, next question, still with DHOD. How have bookings for the Drawstrike demo fared over the last year? Has COVID-19 uh, slowed that down? So with respect to dross rate, right? Yeah. Dross rate. Demonstrations, doing, doing yeah. dross rate demonstrations over the last year. Um, has, has COVID put a damper in that? DHOD has some good questions. So um, it's a little bit more complicated to answer this question. So let me give some backstory and remind you of what we press released uh, I can't remember when the past year for sure. Um, and let me remind some of the new investors what Dross Rate is all about. What we're doing is we're recovering uh, a valuable metal from a waste stream in the aluminum smelter called Dross. What we do is we use a 
technology that does not use salt. So the, the, the traditional uh, methods of recovering this metal from the waste stream uses salt. So from the traditional method, what you come out with is um, uh, a hazardous salt cake and, an, and a non-hazardous residue. When we do it, we don't come out with any hazardous. We only come out with the, the non-hazardous the non, the non residue. Where am I going with this? We have press released that we will we are we are we are looking at combining with a technology that can take those residues and make a valuable chemical out of it. Valuable chemicals. Uh, I think the examples we gave were aluminum sulfate and things like that, amongst others. Um, we joke around that you know it might be it might be a good strategy to give away dross right just so we get those residues and convert them into those valuable chemicals. Uh, but joking aside. Um, we said that we were we were expected to do that. I, I, I think by the end of last year. So, uh, typical me, you know, I'm a little off sometimes. Uh, we try to move things as quickly as we can, but it's not always we, all in your own hands. It's a pretty we're, big we're, endeavor. We 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 should be given the press release relatively close to that. Um, and so what we do what we're doing effectively is very interesting because those residues, by the way, uh, we found out they're being landfilled currently being landfilled or given to the cement industry as an additive and, and given away pretty, pretty for not cheaply, okay? Uh, so what we've effectively done or will do if we're successful in adding this offering to our, to, to our, to our, 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 to our, our, our menu is for no additional cost, basically it's the same marketing, the same effort, we're adding on another, um, we're adding on another uh, bit. It's like, you know, you're, you're selling co coffee, you add on donuts, you know, for the same thing. You're, right. you're, you're, but this is also different because already Dross Right is very compelling. It's had a lot of success in the marketplace. So by adding on this offering, it makes it even more compelling you know, I, I can't see who would compete against us by adding on this 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 other uh, bit because I didn't mention. Sorry. Uh, right now, countries are finding that regulators want to ban the uh, landfilling of this residue, and so that, if there's that no only makes sense. That's entirely foreseeable. That's for sure. So, so that's what's happening. So now the the issue is kind of what what is going to happen with this residue. There's not enough cement people around uh, to take it. Uh, and and also, so so the timing uh, the stars have lined up really nicely. What am I getting at uh, in answering this question? Is that we have uh, slowed down a little bit recently. Are pushing our draw right offering to, to 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 clients because although we're public about this particular uh, this particular potential um, combination, um, it's not 100%. So we can't go to clients and say, guess what? We're offering this. That's why we've slowed it down, not because of COVID, uh, not because of COVID, but because, uh, you know, you what know, do you think the offering would be complete? What's the ETA on the offering being complete? And you go back to your client and say, it's ready to go. <laughs> George. <laughs> People at home, are, I know they're watching right now and saying, That's well, when? So I got to ask, you don't have to. I, I think I said by December 31st of last year. 
I, right. I so so it, it's it, you know I haven't done it yet. Right. And but look, it's early February, so so we're good with that. All right. Yeah. Uh, last question from DHOD regarding the tunneling tort sale. Uh, I believe there's an exclusivity agreement attached to this. Can you comment on which way the exclusivity agreement goes? Specifically, is it that I'm going to turn that off? Sorry, guys. Is it that's that's live? Is it that this company will exclusively buy from Pyrogenesis, or is that the Pyrogenesis can only exclusively supply the torches to that uh, tunneling for for tunneling to that company? Yeah, we came out with a press release describing it, um, and essentially what it comes down to is it's a two-way mutual exclusivity. In other words, um, we will supply to them. Uh, uh, obviously, we can't charge them a billion dollars for it. You know, we have to be within reason. And they will, uh, they have to uh, purchase from us uh, for this particular industry. So there's a mutual exclusivity. And there's also, um, you know, benchmarks in terms of pricing and, you know, and then commercializing to make sure to maintain that exclusivity. So. It's, it's a mutual exclusive arrangement. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. It's not unlike, it, it, not unlike Auburn Duval with the uh, titanium powders, right? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Both you're mutually beneficial, many more advantages to working together. Yeah. That, that's a great deal. Uh, next question, Bill Rogers. When do you spin out, when you do spin out the powder division, will we automatically have shares in that company too? Will it be a private company or a public company? Uh, because it doesn't understand the dynamics very well, he says. Uh, you know, he's hoping to see it happen soon, no matter what the details. But so when you uh, spin off companies, there's a, a number of ways you can do it. Um, mine would be to do it in the most tax beneficial way to the shareholders. And so we'll have to look at, at what those are at the time. But basically, it would be a, um, a share a share a distribution. Uh, what, what I like to do, basically, forget about the method. What I like to do is put in the hands of our shareholders the value that's spun out. Okay. Yeah. Now, sometimes, uh, just to complicate things a little bit, sometimes, you know, for, for every share you have, you get a share in the new company. Sometimes what a, what, what a company like Pyrogenesis will do when they spin it out was the Pyrogenesis itself will keep maybe a quarter of the share and only spin out three quarters to the shareholder. So the shareholder owns the other quarter through his ownership in pyrogenesis. Why would a company do that? Because then the company itself participates in the growth of the spinoff as well from that, from keeping, let's say a quarter. So they're not keeping or stealing or hiding. You still own it, but you own it through your ownership in pyrogenesis. Um, yeah, no matter what, you're gonna get value whether it's direct. Yeah and or indirect could be all of one all of the other or combination of both so i guess the the answer there peter is uh once you guys have figured out the most tax efficient way to do it for shareholders you'll let everybody know yeah and that that's for any spinoff i mean whether it's in any in any area those are the those are basically are basic options and once lawyers and accounts get involved, it's a whole different story, but that's basically the way you want to get to it. Yeah, and I've seen them take many different forms. So it's, it, yeah. it still is early, but it, that, that's a great thing to, for everyone to know that that's something they'll have. Uh, Alistair Miller, is the plasma torch order by client A operating yet? If not, when is it expected to operate? And what's the current status of clients or potential, we should call them potential clients of B and C? 
<laughs> so my answer to that is yes. <laughs> I can't answer that. I can't okay. answer that because unless it was in a press release. Um, Alistair? Alistair Miller? Alistair yeah, I apologize. Miller. I apologize, Alistair. We, we can't really give more, more color to it than that. However, Fair enough, it had to be asked because I'm sure people yeah. were, were wondering. However, if I'm going to speak to that general iron ore pelletization marketplace, et cetera, uh, for the new viewers, we have a, a number of very big companies interested in determining whether replacing uh, uh, fossil fuel burners, which are damaging to the environment with plasma torches makes sense. Um, so uh, there's, the background to this is Sweden was involved in doing something like that. We got our torch involved. We came up with great, great results uh, from that. And it, and it resonated in the industry and they've been asking us. So it's not just one company. If it's just one company, you might think, you know, maybe they don't see things right, but that we identified three clients, A, B, and C. Um, there is, uh, actually, I'll, I'll speak to something here that's very interesting. Uh, there is, um, uh, they're multi-billion dollar companies. They don't move fast, but when you look at how fast they moved, it's, I think, indic indicative of their interest in trying to make this work. Uh, so they, they, they went through computer. First of all, they had to get to know us. Then they went through computer simulations. Again, they want, they need to tick the box. And we've already had one, one company order a torch. Um, and it's gone very, very, very quickly. Now, I think this might be the difference between uh, our company, me as a CEO, and other CEOs in in uh, in, in 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 the world, and and there are some CEOs that I identify with uh, that are very popular in the marketplace. Uh, but anyways, there's a difference between creating real value and creating perceived value. So let me let me explain the difference from my perspective between perceived value and real value. My goal is to create a dynasty. I'm not in it for the quarter. I'm not in it for the year. I'm in it to create a dynasty. Um, and when you take this particular view, you want to create value. If I wanted to create perceived value, maybe I'd rush a contract forward so I could get perceived value in a press release. Maybe I would rush and do things a, a lot quicker um, than you would if you had a, a long-term view of creating value. So when you're creating real value, you have to make sure that everything is lined up and everything makes sense and all the boxes are ticked. Because if you rush, in, if you rush a contract you get the press release, you get the perceived value, but the company has to live with the mistakes forever. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's difficult for shareholders to understand that because in this environment of, you know, sound bites and quick information. And I, I remember telling Bernard, he, you know, he, he's got to get some of his uh, back in the day. Now it's much better. He's got to get his investors off of meth. I mean, basically, they needed a they needed a shot of it every day, or they weren't they, they, they weren't they weren't satisfied. Um, so, what we've tried to create here, at Pyrogenesis, is real value, okay? real relationships. And you're doing. Uh, and you're doing. Yeah. It. 
in, in, in 3D printing. You know what? We had to slow down because we had real improvements that we had to incorporate into our production line because they, 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 the, uh, the end users freeze that production line when they put in orders. Now, if we wanted a press release and say, hey, hey, here we are, we could have gone with our old uh, production rates and old uh, 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 and, and probably got some contracts and everybody think we're well, successful. But you don't do that when you're creating a dynasty, when you're creating real value. You take the time to do it right and do it right the first time. Steve Jobs. So is that, is that what he said? Uh, is that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how he did it. He couldn't care less about what people thought. He just strived for perfection on the products and that would take care of everything. And he was right. Yeah, and you th you have some people that say like Elon not, Musk. Not the, sorry, not that you don't care what people think. I want to I want to be clear about that. But you're not concerned with creating perceptions as much as you are with creating the real value. That's to some degree, I don't care what people think, uh, uh, George. I mean, if I did, it would be a very difficult life. I mean, but when people get it eventually, like they are now, it's a lot of satisfaction. I think Elon Musk also has that kind of attitude. You know, I'm the, he, I'm doing crazy things. I'm doing crazy things. You'll get you'll get it eventually. It's a little bit more difficult road to hold, road to, yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, but so that's a little bit of perspective on uh, on on our on our view of, of of how things should be done. And you know, there's other if you, if you don't like it, there's other companies you can invest in. No, it's worked. Billion dollar, you know, billion dollar market cap for those because now we're up to 101 people, so the company's officially over a billion dollars. Uh, 52 week high today. Yeah, but uh, all George, time high, maybe, maybe George, all time. Be, be, being a devil's advocate, maybe we could have gone there, you know, five years ago, three years ago, maybe by taking a different perspective, would a, a different attitude towards value. Now, I would argue if we did, we wouldn't be there long enough. We would, we, you know, we, we, we might get to a billion, two billion, but we won't get a 10, 10 to 10 billion, or we might actually collapse because of the stupid things we, we signed and did. Um, so that's just that's just my way the biggest takeaway there is you're looking to build a dynasty a legacy something that's yeah. going to be a global player entrenched for and 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 it has to be said you even though this was years in the making everything is lined up perfectly for power genesis now because you have a new administration in the u.s who sent a very clear signal to the world that uh, environmentally friendly solutions, taking care of the environment is number one priority. And your plasma torch technology, especially on just the iron ore pelletization, uh, is, is, is achieving exactly that. So you're, you're on the, you're on the verge, you're on the cusp. And, uh, I think that's, uh, that's probably the last validation everyone's looking for. And then, and then that's it, your legacy, you know, those burners will be going around the world for, for years. Well, we hope so. That's what that's what we that's what we strive to do to change the uh, to, to change the way that yeah that's what we're that's what we're here for. All right. Next question comes from younger guy one, and you were kind of alluding to Elon Musk. I was hoping you weren't going to go too deep, because they now I'm I'm going to say he because younger guy. I'm going to assume it's a guy. Hello, Peter George. Thank you for doing this uh, Q and A, Mr. Pascali. Many are impressed by your success and excited about the company. Uh, there have even been some comparisons made between you and Elon Musk. Guilty as charged because when we first started working together, I said, how do I get the world to understand what Pyrogenesis and Peter are doing on so many different applications at such different high levels? So I had, that was what I said ago. Peter Pascali is the small cap 
Elon Musk. And now Elon Musk is probably going to be saying, I'm the Peter Pascali. Uh, so no. you know, no. revolutionary CEO pushing forward multifaceted company. But what he's asking you is, and you know, I'm not sure how deep you can go into that on time constraints, but tell me something beyond that. What are your grand desires in terms of doing good in society? And I think you've kind of just touched on them already. Are there any charities you'd like to contribute to? You've already answered that. We know about Shriners. Uh, he says, we know you're a big fan of Lord of the Rings, 300, those movies. You've got some inspirational quotes from theirs. Uh, so basically what he's asking is, I think the shareholders and future investors in this company would love to hear more about you and your passions. What drives you on a moral level? On a moral level? Um, that, that's a very... That's a, that's a very dangerous question to answer because, uh, you know, it opens up things that are a little bit more personal. I, look, I, 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 I believe, oof, I, I believe that you, it, you can do good while making money. I think, I think, you, can, you know, so, so that's a very difficult question to ask. What, what's he asking again? So first of all, thank you very much for the comparison to Elon Musk. I mean, uh, it's a very, it's, I mean, there's a lot of differences, obviously. Uh, but I think we have we have the same passion towards doing the right thing. I think we have the same passion for our, our, our respective technologies. We do have a certain um, short fuse when it comes to stupidity, uh, whether it's inside the company or outside the company. I think we also have the same compassion to help people who are who are in need of help. Um, and uh, you know, balls to the wall sort of attitude towards doing it. Uh, we've been challenged both by the marketplace, by people that don't wear trousers and, um, and uh, manage them in a sort of similar way or, or, or arrogance towards that type of thing. So there are some similarities. I thank you very much, but there are some differences. Um, namely his intelligence versus mine, I would start with. Uh, but anyways, having said that, you want to know about my level yeah, yeah. of oh, your passion. I'm passionate about creating a company that's successful by being morally correct. Uh, the way you treat your employees, for instance, the way you treat your employees, the way you treat your clients, the way you treat people who are in trouble, be it a client or a supplier, not to take advantage of situations. However, uh, I, I'm not a tree hugging CEO. I'm very tough employ employer. You can ask my, 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 my employees. I'm very, very tough. I'm very, very demanding. I'll raise my voice. Oftentimes, it's maybe the uh, European, Greek, uh, Latino thing in it. Uh, but I love them at the same time. Uh, so very, very challenging, very, very tough. And I'll treat our, cl our clients and our suppliers, if they're in trouble, I'll, 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 I'll lend them a hand. That's the way I was brought up. However, try and do something not good to, to me or my company then it's a whole different story ah. yeah. it's a whole different story um don't the greeks have a saying if you love me i'll love you 10 times try and try and hurt me i'll hurt you 100 times something like that right possibly possibly it's possibly i i, I it, it, to some degree um when we were let me let me talk to you well the um i think i think that's 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 pretty much sums it up. I don't know, George, it's a very difficult question without- Yeah, listen, no, that's your answer, right? So as a CEO, you have, to, you have to also be, you know, 
you have to, you don't want to give people the impression that you're a softy or uh, or you know you you you're pursuing social social uh, uh, goals at the at the at the risk of not running the company properly. We run the company very very well. We're very strict. However, you don't have to screw everybody along the way to make money, including your employees. You don't. And um, and so far, I've been I've, I've managed to do that properly. I think. I, I think so. I think we've been challenged many times, and it it it, it builds a um, it builds a family attitude, uh, attitude and a loyalty to some degree amongst the employees. Not a hundred percent, but I'd say a good 80 percent. I think I think it maybe gets summed up by tough but fair, and a lot of people use that. Hey, it's tough but fair. But the fact of the matter is, it's very difficult to walk that line, and I think. If I know you, if I know you, you subscribe to in order for us to help change the world and make the world a better place, we still have to have a great company because we don't have a great company. We can't help anybody. So company first, tough. But while you're doing that, you're fair to everybody to make sure that you keep the great people around. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, man. I'm not sure I really explain it well enough, but. It's a pretty big question. Yeah, that is, that is a big question. That's a Miss Universe question. You know, you're going to be standing on stage with the sash, and I'll ask you the big question to ask to, to answer to the whole world. But uh, next question there is any uh, any possibility of pyrogenesis M and A uh, as a because that is you know that's a big part of that's a big part of companies' growth. But you haven't really done much M and A. So is there anything out there? A contractor, a partner someone that'll help uh, pyrogenesis gain greater access to a particular industry. Uh, do you think M&A, we know M&A is always on the table, but is that a big priority or is it more just a case of focusing on customers and channel partners uh, for now? Uh, in our uplisting, in the prospectus, some of the purpose of the excess funds we had were to possibly look at merge and acquisition opportunities. My background's in merge and acquisitions. Um, so I do understand them maybe a little better than other people because having experienced them uh, as a banker, investment banker, I've seen a lot of good merger acquisition opportunities that look good on paper, kill a company. So they're not something you just do willy-nilly. And, and a lot of them are very difficult to pick the right one. So. I think our investors can take comfort with the fact that if we move forward in that particular area, it'll be very um, with purpose, but with full eye, eyes wide open. Uh, it, I'm not interested in fixing up somebody else's problems. So it would have to be something that, that married very well with what we're doing. For instance, that example in the draw strike with that company, you know, uh, that we're going to maybe do something with. We're not going to acquire them, uh, but something like that makes sense. Uh, it's not a fixer-upper. It's a proven technology. Um, it has to add immediately to our earnings per share and our revenue growth. So these are very high benchmarks for a merger or an acquisition. It's almost like you're looking for the holy grail. I mean, but I believe, given this current financial situation, where we have a clean balance sheet, we have no debt, that's what I'm saying. We have an asset on our balance sheet, I think at last report, I can't remember what our, our investment in HPQ was, uh, it was more than $30 million, I think. Um, and we had cash at our last 
one of our press releases, we said are around 17 million. It's a very strong position to be in. Regretfully, they're not, there's a lot of companies that are not in that particular position. That's for sure. You're in the, you're in the 98th percentile. And, and we have access to capital. Now, there are other companies who are really, have really good technologies. They, they're, they're, they're very passionate. They're very good technologies. And because of either COVID and the relationship that happened with their suppliers or their, or their clients, or more importantly, uh, because of their, the, 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 um, the economic stress that's going to be put on us as a result of the COVID, cost of COVID, I believe there's going to be some really interesting assets on the market over the next 18 months. I think, um, I think there will be. I think it will be a buyer's market for someone who has cash. Um, and um, so, so in, sh in short, it's, yes, on the, it's on the table and you're hunting. But... It's not, we're not hunting, so to speak. We're just keeping an eye out. We've seen a couple of things come across our table in the past year. Uh, not interested. They weren't exactly a good fit. And we everything is like buy. marriage, right? Peter, you, you can't just, you don't just do flippantly. You don't just flippantly go acquire companies. They've uh, it's like marriage because you're connected to them forever well, after that. So I, everything's got to line up as perfect as can be. Nothing's perfect. But. I, I have seen some recent acquisitions in the marketplace. And the whole goal is for perceived value, perceived increase in revenues, perceived increase in EPS. That's not what we're here for. It, and it does, look, it does work sometimes. It excites oh, investors. Right, 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 Georgecom right. is buying Petercom, yeah, and we think we're going to build the greatest yeah. widgets in the world. But then if you don't deliver and you're stuck together and everyone's disappointed, then it's now, like, and we saw that happening in cannabis, actually. Right. Yeah. That's a big part of cannabis was making big perceptions. And then look what happened in that whole industry. So, so with respect to acquisitions, quite a few of them really resonate right? on, on paper. You know, the, everybody gets excited and rah, rah, rah. And then, the, the, you know, everything comes home to roost and the, it's a mess. That's not what we're about. That's not the type of acquisition we hopefully we're going to make. Um, it's going to be the way I described it. And it's going to be with purpose and it's going to be with real value, not perceived value. We're not going after the press release. We're going after the dynasty. Remember that. Uh, next question is about talking about spinoffs. We've talked about that. Uh, and then, um, and then younger guy is asking, I'm not sure if this is the place for it. Can you tell us a story about success in the pyrogenesis workplace? Uh, I say a great deal of people smiling on both sides of you. What's something that you've, you've done solved and a great story. Maybe you have something that's 30, 60 seconds anecdotal. Otherwise you may not usually that a story like that would take a lot longer. You know, that's interesting. Uh, it's from the same guy that asked me that moral charity thing. Yeah. Well, here's something interesting. I don't have to tell you how difficult it probably was for us when the market collapsed last March and our stock goes down to 19 cents, 20 cents with everybody Poof. because of COVID. Something control, uh, totally out of my hands. 
what you know is also we had a convertible debenture due, a $3 million convertible debenture due uh, like at the end of March. We had pretty much one access to capital just completely shut down. I mean, the stock market was just a mess. And you may or may not know, KPMG at the time and many large accounting firms were so concerned the sky was falling because of the COVID, they didn't know, the, you know this and the other, everybody wanted to be paid in advance before they started a audit. And we're supposed to be in an audit, right? Um, and on top of that, we had payables out the wazoo. So what did I do? I, I scrambled some money together, gave some of it to charity and some of it to the company. A $900,000, I didn't give it, I, I lent it. You wanna talk about a sphincter tightening experience? Well, geez, it was one of many, um, and it was, it was a defining moment, and maybe this gentleman who, uh, who asked this question, you know, I can answer on two levels. Everybody in the marketplace would have understood um, if I let go of everybody in our fabrication department. Now, remember back then, um, it was all new. It was this, you know, this, 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 this flu that was going to kill everybody. We, we yep. didn't know where to, how much toilet paper we're going to, where we're going to get our water, where are we going to get our food? Um, do we have to wipe it down? Is it safe? Uh, we had visions of you know people dying left and right, and we we're going to pick up bodies off the of, of the street. You know, this is the environment that I could have let go of everybody in our fabrication department uh, because they, they couldn't work, they couldn't come to the office, and everybody in the world would say, you know, that's a good move. That's a, that's a really good move. We didn't do it. We didn't do it because for a number of reasons. One. Um, it's just unconscionable for me to, in that environment, to send a, a, a man or a woman home without a job, not knowing where he's going to get employed. He cannot interview in this environment. He doesn't know where he's going to get his water, his toilet paper, his food, and he's got to go home in that environment and try and figure out all the issues that we all have, plus being unemployed and unsure of future uh, payroll. Pain. You just can't do that to people who've stood beside you and got you to where you are and say, guess what? It's not convenient right now. Uh, hasta la vista. You know, salud la visite. Now, this speaks a bit to me when you talk about morality and things like that. It would have been, as I said, convenient and totally acceptable in the environment. But I went out and said that that's not how you should operate a company. If you have any chance of a snowball in hell of paying these people, do it. You have a moral obligation. And I was interviewed by somebody in the Liberal Party. And, and, and then I'm not saying it was me for crying out loud, but it seemed like the prime minister echoed those same sentiments in a speech about a week later. What's interesting is, and you want to speak about the pyrogenesis team, there are other people in our company who had similar stresses, had children, you know, climbing off the walls, but were Zoom meeting and doing what they could do to continue the operations seamlessly and never asked 
why am I doing this? And those guys are not doing it and, and, and they're getting paid the same as me. Never once did anybody question that decision. They doubled down, they worked twice as hard. We never had, I don't think out of the whole company did we ever have a work output as high as during that period of time. And that's because when it's time for fabrication to work hard on the weekends and 20, 28, 30 hours a day, whatever it is, they're there. When some engineers have to go to the US aircraft carrier and spend Christmas there or, or the Christmas party, you're at, in, in India doing BD, that's what we all participate. So uh, if you wanna uh, talk about a COVID related situation where we all bow, bow, you know, hunkered down and did the job, that was it. Is that it, was based, it was based on it was based on, on a certain level of morality and consciousness that you just you know when you're younger you're taught things right you're taught things by your parents and society you know you don't let your buddy down you know loyalty things like this that uh, you don't you don't you don't toss people aside that have been there for for you for you and got you to your success you don't forget them uh, somehow along the way it becomes convenient when you look at a balance sheet assets and liabilities to say that you know these people are expendable at this particular time. It's not how we work. And, and, and it's worked for me so many years. Maybe I'm lucky, uh, but that's, that's where we are right now. And that's how we re-roll. And if you invest in our company, that's what, that's who you're investing with. That's what you're investing in. In your darkest hour, it was your best hour. And I think I would assume that made the company even stronger as a team. The team now knows that I'm when the chips sure. were down, the company was there for them. And they were there for the company. That's that's. But I'm, not so, I'm not so sure, George. Everybody in the company, unless they listen to here, know of that, how that rolled out. I mean, some people do, but I'm not so sure. Um, anyway, so there you got it. <laughs> there you got it. All right. That's, that's a story for you. Who was that that asked that question? That was the last question from younger guy. Yeah. Younger guy one. Next one is from Armand Four. Uh, who first and foremost wants to make sure he thanks you, Peter, and me for making this possible. He really appreciates it. They really appreciate it. Um, so the question they have is, we know that uh, we know about the, sorry, we know about the patent that Pyrogenesis holds for the application use of plasma torches in, in, in duration furnitures, furnaces. Uh, we suspect there'll be other other industries. So the question is, why do we not have a patent for the application and use of plasma torches in any other industries like aluminum, glass, cement? That's what they've listed. Uh, that's an interesting question. Well, the, uh, the particular patent we had uh, was, came out of an experience we had a couple of years ago. So it wasn't just done now, it was done. Uh, we had that patent, I think, off the top of my head, maybe three, four years old. Um, at the time, you know, you have limited funds, you have limited ability to pursue patents. So you, you, you do what you think is in front of you and you have the best chance of success. Um, we, it's a strategic move. We, we, we save the money and we, we, we have the, the, uh, the, patent, the patent here. It's a huge marketplace. And I'd argue you don't really need a patent the other ones. I mean, we have a patent on, our, on this particular torch which works well in that industry. So we've sort of covered it by having a patent on the torch itself. Um, and we have a first mover advantage. We have the expertise. Uh, we have the know-how. I suggest that if people want to get the job done, to get the job done right, they'll go to the people who've done it before and not take a bet on some upcome, upcomer. Uh, so I, I, 
I, I, to answer your question, why we don't, it's because we strategically decided not to. Okay. Based on costs and things like that. Fair enough. Can't have it all sometimes. Um, there's a recent announcement about the NCIB, the normal course issuer bid, which obviously is there because management would like to buy stock, would like to buy back shares if they think that the company's undervalued. But the question they've got is, if the share price happened to become extremely overvalued in the future, do you see the company issuing new shares take advantage of the situation? It felt the proceeds uh, could increase shareholder returns. So I guess the question is, you don't need money now. You just said earlier, it's a clean balance sheet. But if the so, price so was right, would you go raise more money did, at a higher valuation? He didn't ask if the price was right. He said if the, if the stock was overvalued. <laughs> well, I didn't want to ask it that way. I wanted to say it, but I want so, you. So first of all. You can't determine what you can't so I, say what overvalued so, is, right? So, so, so first of all, you know, anyways, um, to answer the question, we will look at any opportunity to increase shareholder value at that specific point in time. I don't think you should... I don't think you should interpret us ever going to market as an indication that the shares are at the top. I mean, we did a, uh, a marketed deal, a, a deal at 360 <laughs> to do, get uplisted. The stock's at what, six something today? So 61. It, yeah, so if you, took that, if you took that interpretation last time, you're gonna get screwed the next time. Um, you know, don't, I don't think you, I, I, we're not the type of management that's going to try and pick a top and, 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 and take advantage of shareholders or people who, who have less information and don't realize it's top. I mean, who realizes it's the top anyway? So basically you go along at that particular situation, you have something that makes sense, you do it and, 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 and you can move on. Uh, for us, it was getting uplisted, which eventually got us, uh, not that we knew it was happening, but we knew we were going to get more attention by being uplisted. Uh, Kathy Woods comes along. We're going on NASDAQ. So, you know, you give up a bit of equity at 360, um, maybe future value. Although we did do an NCIB and buy back uh, stock at 70 cents. So if you look at it from that perspective, it's maybe it may an interesting way of looking at it. Yep. But um, yeah, so, uh, so, so, so the question is kind of loaded in the sense, I'm probably not on purpose, but it's kind of loaded in, in, in if, and what he's asking is if, 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 if the, will you issue shares if the company is overvalued? We will not do that because of that. We will issue shares because there's a good way of uh, taking that money and, and making it much more valuable right. to the investor. And that's, that's uh, it's not that's, price driven. It's driven by what the needs of the company are at the time. Again, we're here to, to actually create a dynasty. I mean, you don't create a dynasty by doing that. You do, yeah. Sure. So, their next question was, and I think you've answered this because you just referred to it again. Is what is your bag, your big audacious, audacious goal? Don't hold back, please. I think you've answered that. Unless you want to add more, but you want to create a dynasty. You, you want to create a legacy. Uh, unless you want to add to that, I think that's I think that's ask and answered. What does bag stand for? Big best. Big audacious goal. I think that's a Seth Godin. Uh, uh, term. I'm just a big now, audacious I think, goal. I think, I think there was a, a Harvard Business Review or a book written about, and it wasn't called a bag, it was called a BHAG, 
basically what it is, it has an it's HDMI. Hairy audacious guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. A nicer and, version of it. Yeah, and, and basically, I think it was, do you have a vision that is so, I think they did a study and they found companies that had just blah, blah, blah visions versus somebody who had, I think, I think the one that really was cool at the time, and I'm, I'm going really out on the limb, I think it was uh, Nike or somebody that said, I want to kill the competition. They named the competition, maybe it was Adidas or, or something else. They said, I think their, their big, their, their BHAG was, uh, we're going to kill, we're going to massacre something, uh, Adidas. And that was pretty cool. I mean, it got, it, it was, it was, it was very clear, uh, a statement of what they want to do. Um, so if you're asking me what that would be for the company, uh, we have, we have an internal, internally, we, I coined a, a term many, 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 many years ago, and it's become like a mantra here. Like we, at Pyrogenesis, we don't think outside of the box. We redefine the box. I mean, that's kind of like how we look at things, but, um, I mean, I don't know. To be the dominant plasma solutions company to every industry by redefining the box might be our little byline. And I just off the top of my head, I don't even know if it makes sense. I'll have to play this back, but some about something about being the dominant plasma solutions company to every industry in the world by redefining the box might be our BHAG. And by the way, thanks to Midtown guy who just posted in the chat, he said BHAG was from uh, good, the book Good to Great by Jim Collins. So uh, thanks so for that. Because I, 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 I thought it was Seth Godin, but maybe he'd referred to it. In I, his, I, thought, uh, I, was a, I thought it was some sort of Harvard Business Review, but, uh, but thanks. I mean, so it was a book. So there you go. All right. Next is where, where's Jack Benny? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Oh, Jack, I know, I know this guy from Agoracom. Yeah. 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 That's the guy. I didn't think he had the answer. Where Jack Manny is, is asking, uh, where Pyrogenesis is looking at exponential growth, are the current facilities adequate for such growth? Uh, what are the, are there any, okay, obviously there are. The question is, are there any manufacturing limitations? So I'm going to say yes, because everybody does. Uh, so I guess the more accurate question would be, what are the manufacturing limitations from a technical restrictive standpoint that could necessitate uh, your team to seek an alternative facility location, bigger location. Okay. So um, what we do in our current facilities is we do the HPQ, um, we do the military, and we do the powder production. And we keep everything together with band-aids and rubber bands and scotch tape. We have a leaky roof. And uh, <laughs> we had the military one by come by and look at it and say, guys, you, you know, we, you obviously aren't spending our money on your facilities. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we're really squeezed in there. But the, 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 the things that are taking off dross right in our, in our torches, um, uh, where, where's Jack Benny asked the question? Yep. Um, so, Benny, <laughs> so uh, the, um, to answer the question, with respect to the, our, our iron pelletization, we, we, we manufacture outside of our facilities. So, if we want exponential growth coming from those particular uh, business offerings, we don't really need to increase our manufacturing capabilities. In fact, we haven't, we haven't had a draw strike 
system manufactured on our premises in Canada for years. Um, our iron ore pelletization can be manufactured all outside the company, drop shipped to the, uh, to the iron ore pelletizer who has a lot of engineering experience and can do it themselves. So um, to meet the exponential growth coming from those particular industries, we don't need to increase our manufacturing facilities. However, you know, it would nice, be nice to have a little bit of extra room for our existing, our existing uh, offerings in, in military powder production and HBQ. And really nice note also from where Jack Manny ended off with, thanks for this legacy for my six grandchildren. They will know the story. That's fantastic. Really nice. That's really nice. That's fantastic. And Armand, by the way, did say cheers to the entire Power Genesis team for what you guys are doing and cheers to George for this forum. So thanks everyone for the nice words. Thanks. Next up is moi. Uh, famous, famous moi. Hello, Peter. Uh, first question we've answered. Do you intend to make acquisitions soon to expand? Uh, so you've that you've answered. Are you going to need additional personnel to build Drossrite plasma torches, nanopowder, plasma and plasma waste system. I think you almost answered that there because the Drossrite and plasma torches are manufactured offsite. So you won't need additional but, personnel but, for that. But what we want is some project managers to manage the suppliers. And what's, what's comforting is this is not expertise that is unique to plasma. I mean, you get a good project manager, he can project manage anything, no matter what industry. And there's there that's not a, a um, that expertise is out there in the labor force. It's not, it's not a specialty. So the answer is yes, we will be hiring more project managers, but they are not uh, a bottleneck as far as we can tell. They're, it's available out and it's not a limited supply. Second question was, if you exercise your option on HPQ Nano, uh, then will you become the majority in the company? To ask them the question. Well, if we have some other, sh uh, no, if on the HPQ, on the, on the, um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. There's two levels that we have. We have shares in the parent company. And yeah, they're asking parent HPQ. So we don't have a 50% option there. We have a 50% no. option on the battery uh, business. So what we can do is uh, we have two uh, royalties, one at the parent company and one at the battery division. And we can trade in the one at the battery division for a 50% ownership in it. So no majority there. So that's no majority, no majority. All right. So then the rest of the questions kind of become irrelevant on the, on their moi. Uh, but he says, thanks in advance, George and Peter. Next up, Paul Van. I like this question. How's ISO 13485 for the medical industry certification going? It's going well. It's continuing in that particular uh, area. We've hired, um, a gentleman with a lot of expertise in, in quality uh, in, in uh, certification, in the ISO certification. Uh, and he, melts, he, he marries very well with what we have there uh, so that we don't continue reinventing the wheel and to give us some, um, uh, some uh, expertise in that area. So it's going well, it's going well, the medical, industry, uh, the, uh, medical uh, certification. Has interest increased in your plasma torches since Biden's election? <laughs> I only got in, in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, look, the, the rumblings are that the economy is going to be um, stimulated by, and not just in North America, but around the world, 
by investing in the environment. Okay. Um, so we're well-placed, our torches are well-placed, we have greenhouse gas reduction, you know the story. Um, I think we got an additional advantage, particularly in the States, is that our, our, our experience with uh, the US, US military brings us a lot of credibility. Uh, we've been around for many, many years. Uh, we don't have no debt on our balance sheet now, you know, a big company. So if you, are, uh, if you have funds and you want to stimulate your economy, would you give it to somebody that has, a proven, has proven themselves to be able to do things and do it right? Or would you give it to some new company that's just come on the scene in the last few weeks, months, uh, trying to take advantage of the, uh, of the stimula stimulation uh, packages that may come up? I would argue we're very well placed and very uniquely placed to take it, not to take advantage, but to take the funds that are available uh, and, and, the, um, the, and, and to run with it to, to the goal line and make a success of it. So the question was, has there been increased interest I mean, it's a very short period of time, but it seems like things are going our way. Yeah, there's a there's definite change in the wind, very strong change in the wind. So you would expect that that would blow towards uh, your plasma torches for sure. That's correct. Uh, next question. Regards to the next-gen towers, are they built in-house or outsourced? And how mm -hmm. long approximately to build one tower? So they're in-house. Uh, we don't sell them, as you know. Uh, to build one tower, a couple of months, three months, four months max, I'd say, three months. Uh, and they're all built in-house. In the and final question, I like this question, Paul. Then really, really unique. In the additive division, what area are you experiencing the most interest in your powders? Medical, aerospace, dental. Well, aerospace for sure. Um, we're. I, I'll leave. I'll, <laughs> whoa, that was almost a slip. <laughs> we got to call. I'm getting tired. We got to. Wow, did I almost slip on that one? Uh, aerospace. Aerospace is good. Um, it, it's where the, uh, the the major attraction is, but there's also, it's coming from other areas as well. Yeah. So we're very excited about 3D, about next gen. We're very excited about next gen. Sorry, George. It's just I'm getting tired, man. Don't apologize. <laughs> Don't apologize to me. That's for sure. And it's not like court where I can, where I can take a five-minute recess. But I think we're almost uh, we're almost we're almost there. We're getting there. Um, and he goes on to say, uh, "Thanks for your time as well." So you guys, that's that's good for you. What was the name of the guy? Paul Van. Paul Van. I don't. I don't. I don't recall. I don't recall him being on the. Uh, okay, but go ahead. Welcome, Paul Van. Thanks for that question. Hey, that's why that's why we do these, right? Now you know them. Yeah. Or them. But again, Paul, I'm going to assume it's a it's a he. Yeah. G Dodd or G D O D. G Dodd. What's the future of pyrogenesis plasma technology being used in carbon capture systems? Well, that's a really interesting, uh, that's a really interesting question. So for those that don't know, this carbon capture business, which seems to be a little bit sexy these days. Uh, there's really no technologies out there. So basically it's at the tail end where you still have carbon. You kind of concentrate it using various technologies and then you pump it into the ground and hopefully it doesn't come back up. I mean, that's uncertain. Or maybe, maybe, my, maybe my information is not, is, not, um, is not complete, but from what I understand, it's not certain. <laughs> George, that's failure. If you've got carbon still coming out, okay, you failed. 
So now you take the results of failure and you kind of like dump it into the ground and pump it into the ground and hope it doesn't percolate up. And maybe it doesn't. Look, I believe the, um, the effort is being placed in the, right, in the right direction. It's being placed in not having carbon evolve. Lower your greenhouse gas emissions, bring them to zero. Uh, so if everything works out well, this carbon recapturing industry should not prevail. If you have something that's coming off you don't want, you just stop it from being formed. So that just makes common sense. And you keep on doing it and you keep on pursuing it until it makes economic sense to do it at the very source. And we believe we can play a, a, a large part there. So yeah, I, I, my imagination is not really captivated by trying to address something that something that that's failed my we're at the front end of it and our goal is to make it work i don't know if i don't know if that answered the question yep, yep that's that's a difficult one. Right? and what's pyrogenesis number one priority for future growth um so if you look at our uh, so if you look at historically what we've done we've built really solid relationships with really big entities um and, and we learn from them, you know, what they need. And for instance, the US military, we were in the aircraft carriers. So we built solid foundations and we're building on that. Now we have some, some significant commercially uh, successful offerings that we're building on that. Um, so the, the question was, what is our number one priority going forward? Is that it? Yeah, what, well, what's number one priority for future growth? So, it's to add on to these offerings in such a way that we bring added a significant added value. Example, again, I, I don't wanna just keep on repeating this thing in the dross right arena, but to add on a, a technology or once we're inside the fence uh, to, uh, when I, you have to look at other, other offerings. When I say inside the fence, that means we're not just supplying something, we're actually involved with, with, in, with installing it and, and, and making it work. Uh, then you see other opportunities to cross sell. So I think, and look, I don't want to, I, I don't want to tempt, tempt the devil, but now that we've got inside the fence, it's going to be easier to put on new offerings and, and, and new revenue streams and profitable streams as add-ons to what we're doing and with less effort and less, less, um, less uh, resistance. So... I think I think I may have answered that question. Yep. Um, T T Jibes. I'm not sure to end. T G I B E S. I like this question, Peter. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, have Pyrogenesis 3D metal powders been certified recommended for use by individual printer manufacturers? And if not, is there any current plan to work towards that goal? So we we are getting our certifications, and we have been. Um, I believe we have been recommended by a certain printer manufacturer for our, our powders to use in their printers. I think uh, back in uh, back in a couple of years ago, um, but as again we concentrated on improving our production facility, so that when we do produce them, we can produce them at a significantly higher rates and significant lower operating and capital costs. Common sense uh, is the next person. Being a pyrogenesis follower investor since 2016, back in the 20 cent days, I'd like to take the chance to thank you and your team again for the invigorating ride. 
iron ore pelletization, Drawstrike, HPQ, NASDAQ, incredible developments. My questions, what happened to the PACWAD's chemical warfare agent destruction? I remember press release that was being tested by DARPA, but I can't remember anything after that. If it didn't work out, it doesn't matter. You can't win them all. But, you know, what? whatever happened to that? So um, for those that don't know, we were engaged by the um, by U.S. government entity to make a plasma-based system that destroyed chemical warfare weapons at a very demanding um, destruction rate. And the idea was you would uh, deploy these in an environment that uh, a very hostile environment. Uh, they would destroy the chemical warfare weapons and destroy our systems and get out. And we, we did that quite successfully. Uh, but we heard what, what, what we last press release was they were being um, sent to a special location for testing. We can't talk about anything beyond that. Um, however, um, we, nothing has happened since then. Let's just put it that way. It's not because the system doesn't work or it's not because of uh, that type of an issue. There's other elements that um, that came into play and uh, we're very happy with the system. And it's interesting that that system may have some, um, some for instance, uh, for instance, it can be used in other in other arenas that we're looking into. Uh, one is uh, um, Ebola. Uh, is uh, Ebola the dirty rags and contaminants are sent to a central place for 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 destruction? And I think our system would be uh, possibly have unique uh, interest in, in, in destroying them at the, at, at, the, at the place where they're actually created, where the rags are, and then have a mobile system. Because from what we hear, um, insurgents sometimes target these convoys because they want to get their hands on the Ebola rags. Um, something that we're looking, we were, we're looking into a long time ago, it's kind of fell by the wayside. But um, anyways, and listen, forget what I just said, not because it's not public, it's, it's, it's just, I don't want you to get excited about it. It's, it's really nothing. Uh, the question is about the system itself with respect to the, uh, um, um, what happened to it. It's, it's in the, it's, it's, in, it's, in, it's being tested. Okay. Yeah, and DARPA's, that's a serious entity. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, on a less serious note, uh, I don't know if you know, but Bernard got a new microphone. He got something like this. He showed it off in an interview a couple of days ago. So he says on a less serious note, did you also get upgraded to a new microphone or were they just for Bernard and George? Wouldn't you agree? Wow. And you know, I'm, this guy, common sense, you're getting in trouble for this one. Wouldn't you agree that the funds could have been better spent on some new anti-reflective lenses for George? <laughs> then we could see his eyes during the interviews instead of the reflection of his desktop. Uh, <laughs> okay. Then the interviews would really start to look professional, apparently. Now, I don't have the light on today, so there's no glare, but... Uh, when are you going to get a new mic a la Bernard? Because his costs like three, four thousand dollars It didn't, but I just like to joke with him about that. But Really? Uh, when you open up the budget for a new microphone? Jeez, I don't know. I, I got to talk to my board about that. I got to keep up. I'm going to buy you one. You know I what? I keep up with the Bernards and the Georges. I'm going to buy you one of these and I'm going to ship it. So you can bet that that's going to happen. Does my voice not come across? What's that? 
does my voice not come across? Oh no, it does. I think he was just joking around about you know that we've all got these brand new fancy mics, uh, and everyone thinks that you should have one as well. But uh, thanks for the thanks for the kidding around there, common sense. And you're right, by the way, that reflective thing is a bit of a problem, depending on the time of day, because I've got a lot of windows, and we're trying to solve that. But uh, we'll we'll get to it. Kenny the Snake Stabler is next. This is uh the. It, He's uh, obviously a, a Raiders fan from back in the day. Uh, I'd like to know how much competition you have in your main divisions. And is there any company that has a product that is similar to the plasma torches? Similar to the plasma torches, I, I'm interpreting as there are there people that have other plasma torches? Um, yeah, there are some, but there's not many of them around. And oftentimes they're not, they're very complicated to operate. You need a PhD to operate some of these on. Uh, one of the benefits of, of working with the U.S. military was they wanted us to simplify the, the, the whole maintenance and operating procedures that go along with our torch because they don't want to, you know, have the sailors have to go through a Ph.D. course and know how to operate them. So our, our torches are extremely simple to operate um, uh, and they work. <laughs> they work very well. Uh, so, yes, there are plasma torches out there. Uh, there, and, and if every plasma torch company in the world that exists, I believe, uh, was credible, which they're not, um, I don't think there's enough plasma torch torches out there to, 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 to meet the demand that's going to be coming from, uh, from a need for plasma torches. So, wow. um, so yeah, and a plasma is, is I think, we've, we, we, when we started out looking at plasma, it was a process looking for an application. There weren't, that, there weren't any applications out there. It was too expensive. So we actually are one of the pioneers in, 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 in getting plasma torches to a commercial level um, and, and putting them in processes and selling the processes, in my opinion. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, there's, there's plasma's been out there as a cutting tool since the 1950s, but as, as, as the, way we're we're, the way we're deploying them in a very serious manner. Um, the question was, I think speaks more generally um, to do we find competition out there? Yeah, we do. Uh, oftentimes, it's the legacy, the legacy, uh, uh, the legacy uh, uh, processes. For instance, uh, if you want to destroy garbage with plasma, vis-a-vis -vis dump it in the ground or, 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 or dump it into the water. You know, just bring your, you know, some islands in the Mediterranean. They just bring it to the edge of the cliff, dump it into the water. Uh, if you want to have a ship uh, and just dump it into the ocean, we're well, not going to compete with that. <laughs> there's no it's way competition it but it's a legacy yeah, status quo like, and that's where you guys legacy. are blowing everybody away legacy. And, and, and if you're looking at uh, uh diesel burners uh, in the in iron ore pelletization industry uh i don't really think they have a role anymore in the in the in the in the economy in the in the in the, in the world we're trying to create i mean they, they they damage the environment um so yeah diesel burners are potentially a, a comp competition but um it's a legacy it's it's a it's a legacy uh, technology it's uh it's like uh you know buggies, buggies and horse whips at the end of the day yeah buggies and horse whips so yeah there's competition in is there competition in other and us replacing diesel burners yeah there is there's uh there's some hydrogen technology that not, it's not yet off the uh it's not yet off the uh off the drawing board there's another one that uses uh we don't see we don't see that we don't see it maybe there is but we don't see it we try to pick our niche markets so that they're huge market niches like small market but no what i talk about is uh when i say niche i'm talking about 
so there's not much attention, but it's big, you know, um, and try and concentrate on that. Is the biggest takeaway from that, Peter, where you said that even if there, even if all the plasma torches, even if all the plasma torch companies in the world were good at what they did and they're legit, that still wouldn't be, they still wouldn't be able to supply the demand that you think is coming for plasma torches. That, that's my, that's my opinion. My that's opinion is that, that opinion. plasma is, is entering a, 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 is being considered an enter, an, a level of acceptance and understanding that, that it's going to be a, it, well, yeah, that's right. That <laughs> yeah. may be the biggest takeaway of this entire interview for me. Uh, that, that's, well, that's not, guys, listen, uh, don't, don't run away and, and I, I haven't proven that out. I mean, it's just what I see from the marketplace. And yeah, yeah, I see yeah, but, point. but look, your opinion matters. It's opinion. We're not quantifying it, but it's good to know that that's what it looks like. By the way, you know, Peter, you've been to know that as time is going on, we're now up to 113 participants. Usually in these things, you'll see participants whittle down, you know, but it's actually moving up. So that's great. Uh, Stabler then also went on to add, um, just talk about future finance. And we've kind of talked about that with one little twist. If you're going to do, if and when you do do a future financing, do you think you'll focus more on the U.S. in order to start getting U.S. shares, in order to get uh, shares in the hands of big U.S. investors? Uh, he said that's what Shopify did, and as a result, they, that was a big, big <coughs> so, catalyst. So, forget about all the the uh, the structure and everything, but essentially, what it is is it's one pool of of, of shares that we have. And they trade on, on, on one platform in Canada and another platform in the U.S. There's no any U.S. shares and Canadian shares, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if, if the price goes up because in Canada there are people buying it, the Nasdaq will go up as well. Um, what is is that now American investors have access to these shares on a platform that they're, they find to be respectable and they can deal with, which is Nasdaq. Well, not now, but hopefully soon. So uh, when we do an offering... Um, we will be offering it, I believe, across North America. Yeah, you, when you make an offering, you make an offering. It's to, it's to everybody. You can't really say we're only going to offer this to U.S. investors. But I guess uh, it would be nice to have some big U.S. funds too. But you're right. When you make an offering, it's open to everybody. Uh, so for almost first come, first serve at that point. I, I suspect given the interest that's going to take place, because we have residents in the U.S. We're on an aircraft carrier. In the U.S., they understand what that means. In Canada, with all due respect, sometimes we get an attitude of it's just another boat. And in the United States, it's instant credibility. I mean, we've been doing 3D printing for some, you know, nobody thinks about us in Canada. As soon as we're uplisted on, 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 on the TSX, we got Kathy Woods putting us in her ETF for 3D printing. So I believe that our desire would be to, to address the U.S. community, which has an more interest and in understanding, and probably will pay the right price in a in a, in a, in, a, in a when we do a financing. Um, yeah, okay, good. Wood fifty six is next. Are you aware of the plasma work being done by the University of New South Wales in production of hydrogen and ammonia? Uh, he actually emailed them. Uh, and they said, uh, he emailed them about pyrogenesis and they actually said the doctor, Dr. Lovell would check it out. Uh, sounds intriguing. Wondering if this is something pyrogenesis could do or is interested in. I'd have to, uh, that, that was something I should have asked uh, Pierre Carabin, my chief technology officer. I'd be very surprised if there's anybody doing anything in plasma 
anywhere in the world under any rock that he doesn't know of. Uh, so he's probably very well aware of it. But you know, to everybody, we can't be everywhere and do everything. There's not enough time and money and people. So we pick and choose the low hanging fruit, the things that make sense to us. Gad, Chris. And Wood56, thanks for, the, thanks for that uh, question. That's a great question. I love things like that. Gad, Chris, uh, you received a new patent in November. Seems very promising for the production of syngas using recycled CO2 via combined dry and steam reforming of methane. Can you elaborate on what you're going to do with this new patent? Uh, and or do you intend to make an announcement later in the year? Interesting, George. Somebody asked me that question yesterday. Uh somebody out of New York, um, and I, I couldn't recall having mentioned it, but yeah, we, we, we have come out with, a, with this. We're, we're, we're actually excited about it, but I won't talk about why we're excited about it here. Um, at the right time, we'll come out with some news or uh, some more, a, more, a, a better description of what that means to us. Do we have, next up is Canadian Camper. Do we have an exact date for the NASDAQ listing? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't have right. No, no we we um we did the uh, form 40f uh, uh, recently. Um, I think you know th we're not a complicated file. Um, we're not a complicated file because we're not doing a concurrent financing. We're not doing a, a share um, a reverse split or anything like that. I do know that we're coming up to the. I do know that there's a lot of people out there that are doing uh, IPOs and financings and they're coming under a lot of pressure to get the thing authorized. And if they don't get it done, well, this is just some inside line of what's happening at NASDAQ. Uh, if they don't get it authorized, they're going to have to reapply with new quarter. They're, 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 the numbers they're going to use are going to get stale. So um, I do know this particular week, <coughs> uh, the NASDAQ and the SEC are probably inundated with um, um, inundated with you know, getting these other more important um, important files out because if they get stale data, they have to go back and do, uh, it would be unfair. And, and we wouldn't want to take, honestly, uh, we wouldn't want to take a place uh, and take away the attention uh, from those companies who put all that effort to get listed and go forward with their IPOs. Um, we can wait a week or so. I mean, we can wait until whenever, but we'd like to get it done in the first quarter. Um, so we expect we expect it to happen within the time frame we said. Well, within yeah, the time frame. I think frame you said, said somewhere by March thirty first and the Q one. We said right? in the first quarter, and uh, and I, you know things are moving along quite well. Last question. Last questions. Okay, and then I think we're pretty much done, and we're up to one hundred thirteen. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, what is actually I like this one? What is the current status regarding dross right with the Japanese trading house? So on that one, it's, it's, it's it hasn't much changed. Uh, um, I, I, I it's good, it's good, but you can see we're starting to get some um, some legs under you know some 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 legs under us. We are we we did something in, in our technology was accepted in in in, in, in Saudi Arabia which is a very different location from what we're used to operating in. So we're getting a lot more confidence in, uh, in doing it without help. Uh, but uh, it's a very interesting relationship we have with the Japanese. I, I, I like them, we'll see, we'll see. All right.
It's, um, it's, it's, you know, and if they're listening, with all due respect, but uh, we, we don't seem to need them as much as we thought we did when we first entered into the relationship. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next question was, I don't think you can answer this. What do you generally expect from Dross right in the next three months? I'm going to say you can't answer that. Well, I sort of answered it earlier, didn't I? When I said, you know, we're trying to tie up Dross right with a new technology uh, for, the, for the residues. So I kind of did speak to the future and what, if it works out, again, it may not work out, uh, if we're able to line up that new technology, um, it should be exciting, not maybe not three months, maybe you know, whatever it happens, maybe, maybe less, maybe more. There should be something, it should be, it should be an interesting, let's first get to that benchmark, see if we nail it down. And if we do, then we can talk about the future. All right. And the last question, Octavius, was about uh, the 50% stake in HPQ Nano. We've talked about that. So, Peter, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to ask you more questions, but there are some interesting posts in the chat. And I want to, you know, there are 30 of them in there. So I, I'm not going to read all the questions because we so, go on so, forever. So, but so, so what were the Vegas odds of me messing up on a live presentation? I don't know. I'll tell you as I go through this because <laughs> I kind of saw them popping up. Yeah. Uh, Amazon says, thank you so much, Peter and George. Amazing interview. Go Pyro. Um, there are questions. Uh, thanks for this PPP. Loving this chat. That's from Dennis Bork. Uh, who posted this from DG? Thank you for stating carbon capture and pumped into the ground is not green. That's right. not at all. That's, it's a failure. And apparently, and apparently DG picked up Mr. Prescott just called HPQ Nano a battery business. Uh, but we'll just stay away from it. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, it's not. Listen, don't read anything into that. It's, it's got the silicon for the, uh, for the it's got the, uh, the solar panels. It's got a battery. Uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious, a battery, uh, something that could happen nice in batteries. And All right. Um, <laughs> From Mark Wall, I wish more CEOs followed the process that Peter uses. Uh, wouldn't we all like to work for a CEO like that? Great story. All right. Thanks, Mark Wall. So, Mark, I'm a tough guy to work for. I mean, my, my, my employees, some of them may not feel the same way. <laughs> uh, we have really interesting discussions here. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think we all, we, it's a nice place to work. Keep I like up to the good work from Cypher. Yeah. Galaxy S9, which I'm assuming is not the name, but the device. George, let Peter finish his sentences. <laughs> I don't think you realize Galaxy S9, but every once in a while, Peter needs a little bit <laughs> to get him over. George, George, that was me. That was me on the side commenting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, listen, uh, we like to make these interactive Joe Rogan style. So that's going to happen once in a while, but I think that makes it more exciting. Uh, Jacques, where do you think your mark cap will be a year from now? Cannot answer that. No, it'll um, be different from today, that's for sure. Up or down, who knows, but it's going to be different from today. It'll be different. <laughs> that we can bet on, okay? So if it's still $1.03 a year from now, uh, that'll be that'll be funny. Yeah. Uh, try then. Jesus. Don't try PPP. Wow, they're comparing you to Jesus now. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think it's just somebody that... I know. Peter Pascali taught Elon Musk. That's from Brandon. Uh, no, 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 no. I just no. They, it's, there's some similarities. I mean, we're, 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 there's a certain there's a certain arrogance towards towards 
towards the system I think that we both have and we believe the it looks like I like to uh, shout out to, to some people. First of all, sure. uh, there's this, I want to thank somebody who sent me a poster. I got it. I got it yesterday at the office. It's actually my head on top of uh, Mandalorian. It's a meme that seems to be going around. Uh, I, I want to thank you very much for a couple of reasons. Why? Because when I told my 17 year old kid that, you know, there's this meme going around of his dad, you know, Mandalorian says, dad, you've made it. <laughs> I said, all the things I do in life and, <laughs> and to, 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 to impress my kids too. Sometimes, you know, you're kind of like, Hey, your dad did this, your dad did that. Blah, blah, blah. You're on a meme. You've made it dad. Well, I want to, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for that. And, uh, and I, and I, and I, 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 you know, maybe, maybe we could, we could start a series where Iron Man and Mandalorian, Mandalorian get together and uh, try to, regulate the manipulators <laughs> in our in our in our on our on our exchanges so that would be kind of cool series well, to, to and that's with. just the example of the great <laughs> of the great culture that's been built between shareholders uh, yeah. of pyrogenesis and management that's uh, and, I, that's and i want to and i want to again thank everybody um for your support and excitement it's again it's it's definitely not me I, i'm just the you know kind of like the face uh, i we put together an amazing team here uh, they put up with me, so they, they deserve a medal. And our investors, and again, our investors are so key to us. They, they, they invested in us, for crying out loud. They took a chance. And thank you very much. And they should also be proud of what's happened. They're part of it, uh, very much part of it. And your stories, please, I, your stories of, of, the, of, the, of the, the happiness you got out of investing in pyrogenesis and selling and, and doing things with, the, with that, it makes me very pleased to know that we've, we've helped people along the way do the things that they, they want to do. Um, so you just do a shout out. Thank you very much, everybody. I've used the word in my blog, in my post, sorry, no, a couple of times of humble, very humble. This whole experience has, very, has humbled me because you have, it's very, very difficult to sometimes maintain your course and do what you think is right when nobody gets you, and to some degree, they're, they're, they're excuse the expression, they're shitting all over you and everything you do. And, um, and it's very humbling when people start getting what you're doing, that they embrace it. And it's, and it's, and it's very humbling for everybody in the company. Everybody in the company, no matter what level, it, it's affected in a very positive way. And, and thank you very much. Um, you guys are very much part of the story and we're, it's just the beginning of the ride, I think. Just the beginning of something great. You do have one concern, Peter, and you know we have to express these concerns too. It's from Hilbert, who says, as a shareholder, I'm very concerned about how often Peter renovates his office. <laughs> now, excuse me, Hilbert. I mean, the reason why I, I, I now have a new office is because you, uh, somebody pointed out that there was somebody in my office the other day and... <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> I decided to get one unique one that people would not be able to. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys are going to find it and post it, and then I'm going to get a new office. But <laughs> there right. you go. Thanks to everybody because there more. There's more stuff coming in. Um, you know, Tyler Williams, great interview. Thanks, Peter. Uh, everyone's gracious for your time, Peter. What you're doing? Look, you got a company. You got a billion dollar company to run, and you've been on this for. You know, an hour and an hour and twenty, an hour and thirty minutes, an hour and twenty-five minutes. That's amazing. Thank guys, everyone at home who continues to post the chat. 
Uh, I wish I could read them all off and I'm just trying to read, um, uh, you know, everything off, but we can't get to everything, but thanks for, uh, thanks to everyone for what you've said about Peter and Pyro and, and what they're doing. And uh, I think this is just, we're making history with things like this as well. I think history is going to look back at these kind of communications say, and, and Peter Mand turning, becoming a pioneer for how all CEOs should be doing these things. So thanks, Peter. Thanks to Peter. Any last words before we sign off? Leave it to you, well, even though you've you've said well, everything you thank, can. Thank, thank, thank you very much, George, for providing this platform and allowing us to get uh, the message across to investors. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's a it's unique. I, you know, people. Uh, my our advisors tell me, you know, I don't know if you know that, not to talk to investors. It's the worst thing you can do. Uh, that, that's that's what I've been advised from the very very beginning. Um, and sometimes you just have to do what you think is right and talk to them in, 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 within the context uh, that's legally allowed and, and not make mistakes and take that chance because for crying out loud, you gave me money to get to where I am. I owe it to people if they've got a question, a good question, and they're not trying to manipulate things to respond properly. And you can't, I mean, I hope I don't, recently in the past few months that I, I, got, a, I, got, I got busy doing something else regretfully and uh, I have the help now of Clemence and Rodena to help answer. Uh, but there's a commitment here to keep the message and the communication going. If you are interested enough to ask it, then I should have the time and make the and make and, and, and answer it. So thanks a lot for providing me with that forum, George. It's unique and it's great, and it's, it's created the, 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 this 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 communication that should be uh, every CEO should have with their with their investors. Agreed. And I'll end it off with this: We provide the platform. It's an amazing platform, but without you and the shareholders breathing the oxygen and the blood supply into it, it would just be a platform sitting there. So Peter, honestly, you're a pioneer, you and Bernard breaking ground, doing these kind of things. That's why you have your shareholders now saying in Peter and Bernard, we trust, but today in Peter, we trust. Peter, thanks so much, man. Like I said, you got a billion dollar company run and you've taken out an hour and a half of your time to talk to investors and that's invaluable. And that says so much about you and the whole team. And thank you, man. It really, Really appreciate pleasure. it. Pleasure, pleasure being here. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for joining oh, us yes, if you're guys. here. Uh, thanks for your contributions. Thanks to all the questions that were submitted. Thanks to all the stuff that was submitted in the chat. We could probably do this for three, four hours, but uh, at some point we all got to get back to work. Have a great day. Yeah. Talk to you next time. All the best, guys. Take care. Ciao.